Hello, this is Chuck from Above the Basement, Boston Music and Conversation. Hey, we have missed you all so much and hope to get back on a regular schedule. We are still working out some new projects and we will tell you about those very soon. But one thing we can tell you about is something we are honored and excited to announce. We have been nominated for a Boston Music Award for the 2019 Podcast of the Year. And since I have personally never won a thing in my life, never mind a cool trophy, we would love for you to vote for us or honestly whatever podcast you like and support, as well as for you to vote for one of the many talented Boston artists nominated in their categories. Go to bostonmusicawards.com forward slash vote to make your choices and thank you as always for supporting the Boston music community. This time around, we finally got a chance to talk with singer-songwriter and Boston native Matt York. Matt has been in the Boston music scene for quite a while now. After stepping away from music to become a secret agent and family man, Matt jumped back into music and has been quite prolific, hitting the road often to perform and also release a few critically acclaimed albums, including Boston, Texas, Between the Bars, and just this month, his latest album, Bruisable Heart. Right before we got a chance to see him play at Lizard Lounge, in Cambridge with his talented wife on bass for his CD release. We sat with him at Adelita's restaurant in West Concord, Massachusetts for a chat while the commuter rail would occasionally scream by us. We talked about his new album, his influences, the Boston music scene, and the dangers of mosquitoes. So here is our conversation with Matt York, recorded at Adelita's in West Concord, Massachusetts. They made bottled water illegal in Concord. It was like a big deal. They got a big vote on it. Um, Is Concord the town where they were talking about repealing it after they did it because everybody saw like what a pain in the ass it was? I don't know. Maybe. There's a town do- that I was just reading about in the Globe that was, that's trying to undo what they did because... Uh, look, I'm what- all for not using plastic bottles. Yeah. But you can't make it illegal to use something a total legal product. What they should have done is done a PSA... To yep. get people to u- get the stores to use, give them the incentive to use this instead of making it illegal. And can you use but that glass said, bottles you know, for water? Yes, you can use yeah, glass bottles. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and you can have plastic bottles for Coke and Pepsi and. Oh, you can. Yeah, it's just watered b- bottled water. But you know what? I mean, you know, we got over the hump, and it's not really that big a deal anymore. And I'll try to t- stop talking about this, but I I'm like not there it, yet. No. It's what okay. is it? What is a what does a box of water cost? Uh, this was like a dollar seventy-five or something. So um, in my town, they just got rid of plastic bags at the supermarket. And if I had a memory, if I had the ability to remember to bring the ones that I have in the back of my car every time, like the re- reusable ones, yeah, it would be yeah. fine. But yeah. I just end up buying more and more and more reusable ones because I, I never. That's what ever, I. That's what I do too. Remember. I always leave it in the car, and then I'm all for the idea of it. So just, am I. Yeah. But now, I mean, now that look, it's 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 it, everyone it just should looks use like these milk. Now. It does it look does. like milk. Up oh, here comes the train. Box of water. Boxed water is better. So uh, I take it you're from a town that uh, doesn't care about boxed water? I live in Pembroke, Massachusetts. Yes. Pembroke. So Pembroke is the landlocked town next to Duxbury and Marshfield on the South Shore. Oh, really? Yep. You ever run into Steven Tyler when you go through there? Or no? no, but I saw um, the drummer at breakfast maybe a year or two ago and he has like a lamborghini or a ferrari or whatever and we're like we're eating in marshfield and i like sorry i'm like well, there, there can only be a couple guys in marshfield that own that car and, uh, well you know who's also moving out there is ari hest you know ari he's um, a great singer songwriter you interviewed him over the winter the 
have to wait for this train to go by. Here we go. Um, his wife's family's out there, and he, so I guess he's moving out there now. Um, he's fantastic. Big, and Steve Carell fan. lives there, too. Yep. I actually, he was, he just came to visit, uh, he owns the general store there. The general store yeah. there, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, he, like once a year, he does this little thing where uh, you can meet, meet him, and he just raises money for something. And, we tried uh, to get him on um, the show. Oh, is that right? Just for the hell of it. And uh, he never got back to me. There was a oh, you emailed him? I didn't know that. I emailed his sister. Steve Carell at Gmail? Yeah, yeah. Who runs the general store. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah and she yeah, never yeah. got back to me. He's it's from Acton, actually. I know. His dad lives in Acton. Well, we could go to, to his, his house. Da- go to his house. That's we how did we, that with Gary Peel. That's how we got Gary Peel. So Gary Peel, he is a guitarist for Boston. Oh, is that right? The band Boston. Yeah. So he, he was a guitarist for them since 85. He lives in my neighborhood. Okay. And so I drove, I, I sat in his driveway. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled Wait the window by. down, and he was driving. Because I was going out to, um, you know, to the front door to knock yep. on his door. I go in the car, and he he pulls in slowly next to me. He was out doing something. Yeah. And rock and roll. I roll down. I roll down the window, and I'm like, "You're probably wondering why I'm here." And you know, and <laughs> it was a little guessed. awkward. He humored us and came on. He came you know, on. One of our first like, oh, that's first awesome. guests, I think. Yeah. Well, not one know. of our first, but he was in the first fifty, I think. Yeah. He's a very nice guy. When did you start doing this? 2016. Yes, very good. Okay, because so you remember, reached out to us pretty close a, a, to when so we started after the Globe article. Yeah, yeah. When I saw the article in the Globe, and then I started listening to it. To be honest, you you are one of the first people to actually reach out to us to come on. Is that right? Yeah, oh, and well. so you've been on our list for forever. Yeah, yeah. and it's been like I, I've been like um, kind of putting like all the people that we've been meaning to have on. Yeah, yeah. like starred. Yeah. So you've been starred forever. So I'm so glad we finally got you on, especially since we had booked you a couple of weeks ago, and then I had some stuff to deal with, and yeah, yeah. so we had to recant. So I'm glad we it wasn't like another year nope. or so. It's so happening right this second. It's, hap- it's happening. Yeah. You've been starred by Chuck more <laughs> than was, once. You, was, you were starred. And here I am. And here you are. And we don't have enough you know, white male singer-songwriters on. So. Yeah. No, that's that's a yeah, real that's, problem in the podcast a major, world. It's a major yeah. problem for us. <laughs> or hosts. So, yeah. Um, but uh, but thank you for coming on and thank you for taking the trip. I, I you know I didn't realize you were from Pembroke. That's a long yeah. Trip. No, yeah, I do a lot of driving, my friend. So it's uh, I guess you're used to it. Uh, want some bug spray stuff? I might put it right on your neck. Are you Joe's guys getting gonna, bit? Are you getting Joe bit? Joe hates that. No, so far I'm good. I'm not. But worried. I saw him, I saw one. Yeah, there's one right bit. there. But he's not going to bite you. Yeah. They're friendly around here. These are cocker mosquitoes. The Sudbury mosquitoes <laughs> is the one you have to worry about. With, with it's a, so terrible. With a triple A. So. Triple A is bad. Triple A. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you ever heard of Triple A? You, you can get sick from them, but they'll also change your tire. That's true. So in our town, like it, all the other towns around us, they're all like banning sports. Yeah, kids they stopped like, st- sports. But like our town, it's like that hasn't reached that level. So they're still allowing it. Oh, so. yeah. I think this is this is rock and roll right here. We are here. We're to living talk dangerously. About music, <laughs> surrounded among by the mosquitoes. Dead, deadly mosquitoes. <laughs> Okay, so let's actually talk about you. Okay. Um, so, well, first of all, you have your the Bruisable Heart. Yeah. Just came out. Yep. And you have a CD release coming up at the end of this month, right? Correct. The 28th? 28th of the Lizard Lounge. In Lizard. Lizard yeah, Lounge. That's right. It's yep. one of my favorite places to go. Yeah, me too. It is. Yeah, I'm excited about it. My I, my wife and I actually met there 18 years ago. Really? Is uh, your wife a musician? She was a musician, and uh, she's playing bass with me on the 28th. In what is, what and, is her name? 
Her name is Beth. Uh, her last name is York as well. Um, and she's playing bass. She's playing bass with me that night. We um, 18 years ago, we, we played a show together in a club in Worcester. I saw her and I was like, she's cute. I should invite her to open up for us at the Lizard Lounge. She came and, and did so. And uh, we met that night. And uh, like literally that weekend is the 18th anniversary of our first date. So, oh, very nice. Yeah. So there's, it's kind and of what does symmetry. she play other than she's now playing bass? Did she play guitar before? She, no, she was out. Yeah, she played bass years ago. And, um, and she hadn't played in forever. And I play probably 95%, more than that, of my shows just solo. I joke that it's too expensive to have her play bass because we have to get a babysitter every time. Ah, you know, going out. So. It's, it's sadly it's cheaper to get a bass player than it is to get a babysitter. That's amen. So uh, <laughs> you don't hear that every day. Yeah, so it'll be a rare. Treat That's a sad state of affairs. Yep, but at least you have a cute bass player. Uh, that that part is is huge, and, and we get along. How long have you been playing in the Boston area for now? So Chuck, this might be an interesting story. Um, so I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you know, know a guy named by the name of Rick Berlin who uh, has Rick been around Berlin. forever. He was in a band called Berlin Airlift, and yeah, um, I know that. I know the name of that band. Yeah, so you had Minahan in here recently. Who we were at Minahan's studio. That's yeah, what we yeah. Did. So I did an mm-hmm. album with Dave, and um, he did a bunch of Rick's albums, and and kind of back then in the eighty late eighties and stuff, Rick and and Dave were in a lot of this that same circle rick wasn't really a punk though he was more like talking heads lou reed type world yeah uh so i met him when i was in high school and i started playing the clubs when i was a young kid really young kid like 15 um that's what minahan did he was playing when he was like 15 16 yep so like places like the rat and the channel and bun ratties right when they were closing down yeah i was like the high school kid playing those places and played in a band called white iris that was a a popular indie punk band in the late 90s uh, for about five or six years. We had a pretty good run. We played all over the East Coast. And um, and then I stopped mm. forever. I stopped for 12 years. Yeah. And, oh, then wow. I, and then I started back up four years ago. And I really didn't plan on doing much of anything more than just kind of recording and playing a couple songs in the studio and this is be the third album now in four years and uh i I think i've played something like 13 states this year so uh yeah it's definitely not what i had intended on doing yeah um but it kind of just took off and really when i was really young my dad was just a huge like lou reed bowie guy and so i started off with that when i was like seven eight years old and you know when i was a teenage kid he was the one driving me to these clubs and you know unloading my amp and stuff and so he turned 70 a few years ago, and uh, you know I think he was always a little bit bummed that I stopped doing music. And uh, so I really went in there to kind of record a couple songs for his birthday, and it just kind of happened, you know. It's very heartfelt to hear, and you could tell that that's important to you, and it's rare. My parents, when it came to music, were uh, they were always supportive of music, but I think that uh, getting back into it would have been tough a tough sell. That's pretty uh, noble that he feels that that he wants you to be involved in that. Yeah, and I think I mean I you know I kind of went I got away from music and was able to kind of I have a, a regular job and I have a wife and kids and I, pay, I have a mortgage and you know I'm a, I'm able to kind of yeah. balance the two things by not sleeping a hell of a lot I guess. But what do, what do you do for? It's a complicated job, Chuck. But I uh, I work for Sprint. <laughs> Sprint. I, I work for Sprint, but I work uh, I work in uh, I'm a fraud investigator, so I Ooh. investigate companies that sell our product and. 
try to defraud us and try to identify that and take action. To That's pretty cool. Our money. Yeah, and I work from home, so I'm able to kind of sit on my couch and and do that and and uh, do you do undercover stuff and like you know, no, it's more it's more mustaches. kind of finance driven and kind of it's it's more spreadsheets and kind uh, of analyzing kind data. Of you know, I have a friend uh, I went to I grew up with actually. He works for the FBI. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. A few years ago, I was a licensed private investigator, but I let it lapse. So they, really, yeah, like somehow, if you had been an investigator as long as I've been, you qualified, and I went, and it was like so lame. I thought I was going to get like a badge, and they gave me like this Xerox piece of paper. Ah, uh, yeah, it was like faded, and it was like. Did you, did you ever get into the the Spencer for Hire books, the Robert B. Parker? Yeah, books? yeah. So I grew up like I loved Hawk. And yeah, yeah guys, man, those yeah. are my books. I love. <laughs> I read every that. single one of those books. Yep. You ever read those books? <laughs> no. It's Robert B. Parker. Spencer no, for Hire actually Hire. became a TV show. I yeah, love the show, all, That's too. all I remember. Based yeah. upon those books. Yep. But the books were better. Um, yep. So Sprint, but, yeah. um, maybe they can uh, sponsor this podcast, this, uh, this episode. Uh, yeah, we're merging with T-Mobile, so we may have to wait. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, so. is, that un- is that inside information? No, no, no. That's like, should yeah, we, yeah, should yeah, we, no, that's Should we there. buy that's some stock there. quickly? Um, I don't know. I, I'm not smart enough to know. Yeah. What type of fraud are we talking about? And have you written a song about this? Well, let me answer the first question first. So yeah, is there a song about it? No. no, no. My question was a much better question. You just than said, your, "Is there a song, song about it?" Right. Yes, but that my question was much better than your question. What What I say? You asked him a, like about what he does for for. His well, I think job. it's interesting. I mean, like a, well, it's a interesting. Fraud. I've never met anybody that, that that does that. But your Segway. songs are a little deeper than that. They are. They're not <laughs> just about iPhone fraud. No. You know what I what I was taken by was um, some of the recent stuff you did, the addiction song. Mm-hmm. It's not called that, and you're going to tell me in a second what that is. But There's a few on the album, yeah. but uh, I lost my baby to the needle. Is probably right. To the needle, right. Yep. I lost my baby to the needle last night. She barely even put up a fight. She said she needed money. She said she wasn't paid. I lost my baby and now I'm going insane. You put a couple uh, uh, stats on there that are very sobering, not to give a pun, but that 72,000 people died in, in 2017. Yep. We had actually talked about that on an episode we did, right. Music and Recovery. Somebody, I think, in fact, I think that's how we reconnected because I forget who it was that you had on. Was it Maureen Kavanaugh? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, okay. The woman that's in the video... For the I lost my yeah. baby to the news. she's very close with Maureen and and oh, really? was very responsible for because they're real people. Yeah, so the people in the video are in both in recovery and they both yeah. run sober homes and they're a couple themselves now. To me, and that's so, amazing because I, I think I saw that in Jed's article or was it Jed Gottlieb or somebody wrote an article been, on you. Yep, that was uh, really interesting because you know you can have these messages that are like really poignant yep. about something as powerful as as opiates and addiction. But at the same time, like you always think they're actors, and yeah, these yeah. people yeah. are like a real these couple real, going through this. Real story. How therapeutic it might it must have been. I don't know. I it, mean, was a, it was to a, have so, them in well, it. Well, so a couple things is it was really funny because we literally met them in front of uh, Nantasket, right in the beach. There, it was like November. It was freezing cold in the morning. We met them in, in a parking lot. We spent maybe an hour and a half with them, and we've never seen them again. Huh. But we suddenly kind of created this thing together, and that's evergreen. That yeah, you, yeah, totally. And um, 
you know, I sent them the song. I actually just like put like a Craigslist. I sent it a couple different spots trying to find people. And she, the girl in the, the, the video, sent me the email saying, listen, this I'm the person to do this. Mm-hmm. She had no acting experience or anything. <laughs> and um, I don't drink. But my dad joined AA when I was about eight, nine years old. Mm. And, um, and he would take me to AA meetings. Huh. And so... When I was like eight or nine, I'd be hearing these people get up and tell these stories that I was like, holy shit, like drinking is crazy, right? And uh, so I was kind of always aware of it. And, uh, you know, I drank a little bit when I was in my 20s, but I was never a big drinker and never... But I was, you know, if you do music long enough, you see this stuff. You know, you see addiction in all different forms. So the album that I put out before this was really about alcoholism and just kind of having been away from the clubs for so long and then going back in, like, oh, my God, like, I forgot how crazy it is Pervasive. Yeah, it's every day. We recorded probably seven or eight songs that are really about addiction in that world. It's not a happy album by any stretch. But. No, but I mean, you know, the, the thing is when you write, when you go out to write songs about such a powerful topic, mm-hmm. it can sometimes be contrived and, you know, it's right. like they're trying too hard to be, you know, to make this story into the song. Can um, I make one, um, can mm. I just say one thing about, because um, you were saying about how it contrived. So I, I, I spent a lot of years away from music and, and literally years where I didn't pick up a guitar at all. Yeah. And uh, my wife and kids and I were at the finish line during the marathon bombing. Oh, and, really? Yeah. We were able to kind of get out of there and our kids were young. I mean, we were, whatever that was, six six years ago? Six. Yeah. And I remember, like, I went home and, like, within two or three days, I had a song about it. Like, it all of a sudden, it just came out, you know? And I, yeah. it was such an interesting thing. And I had been away from music, and uh, Randy, who runs Atwoods and used to run TT the Bears mm-hmm. years ago, she was running Johnny D's at the time. And I was like, listen, Randy, I don't do music anymore. I see you're doing a benefit, and I'd love to just come and yeah. play a couple. I, I want to play this song. And yeah. so she was awesome and let me do it. Huh. And it was kind of like the one time I started that I kind of came out and played. And it, you know, I've never released it or recorded it or anything, but I was, it, made me realize I could still do it if I wanted to. Yeah. And um so that was a trigger actually that uh, part of it brought for you sure. back into music. Yep. yep. Well that's a powerful, terrible thing that, you know, it's it's always amazing to hear some of the little the silver linings the yeah, that yeah, come yeah. out of some of these awful things. Yep. You know what I like about Matt's music is also the uh, the harmonies that are double and some of the doubling that you do in the production of it. But I love the effect. I've always loved the effect in rock and in pop and other uh, similar genres. You connect the same melody in unison. Yep. And the effect that that gives is really, um, it could be haunting, but it could also just be very cerebral and, and is very soothing. Is that something that you experimented with one day and said you liked it? Or have you always, yeah, where does you that know, come from? It's funny because when I was younger and I had a, a noisier band, we were just a three-piece. Uh, there was no one else in my band that could sing, so there really weren't harmonies in it. And then when I came back and started doing this, I didn't have anybody else to sing them. You know, like I was in the studio, there was nobody else with me. I was pretty much doing all the instruments, so I just kind of experimented with doing it myself. And I would have preferred, honestly, to have had someone else do it the album i did before this one i did with dave brophy who's will daly's drummer and and did the ruby rose fox album and and he's done a bunch of stuff and 
So he he and I have worked together on some of the harmonies. I think I can't remember. He may have sang some of them actually. I love doing it. And it's, it's a double though too. You don't just do harmonies. Yeah, it's a double vocal. And a lot of times I'll split the harmony in parts. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then and it comes back to a unison. Yeah, right. And then and it's funny when I do them live because when I just have the one voice, like it's it's almost like you have two different melodies to choose from. So, so depending on how strong your voice is that night, you can choose the lower one. If yeah, you exactly. Can. If I'm like on the fourth <laughs> night in a row, then I'm <laughs> going low. Probably. I know the feeling. I yeah. know the feeling. I, you know, I always loathe to do this, but the whole oh, you sound like so and so. But and and especially with um, when I need my Clark Kent your readers? glasses, my readers. God, are those new again? These are new. You like them? You you get new glasses every week. Oh, no, because I lose them. That's yeah, why. I lose them. You and just I, lost the eighty dollar pair that you paid last time. I lost these exact pair. <laughs> no, they were tortoise shell type. That's no, full that's black. a different pair. I have the, I have those still. Those are great. Those last ones. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't lose those. I have those. But I, I have really these like those on you. Look good in them. Do, you don't like these? No. Why not? I don't like them as much as the other ones. Those are okay. Well, this is my Clark my Clark Kent. What do you think, Joe? No? Ooh. Matt, what do you think? I, I thought they looked fine. I'm not going to lie. I what? think they're fine, too. But the other ones, he's Better? he looks great. Like, yeah. yeah. So, the... <laughs> You're um, going to tell him who he sounds but, like. Uh, Steve Earle, man. You've got that, especially especially that song, uh, Permanent Crush. Mm-hmm. I really heard Steve Earle on that. Yeah, you know, I guess it's probably true that I am never going to find a girl that loves me like you do. You're all the pain and all the tears and all the broken-hearted moments. You're the one that always pulls me through. But lately everything's been changing and it seems like all these bad times are rolling in. You loved me when I was perfect, but you seem to love me just a little more when I I'm out of my head But I keep hanging around I'm gonna love you till It almost sounds like a first take of whatever song you sang. Yep. It's just very natural, which is what it reminds me of Steve Earle. Oh. It's very raw that way. Yeah, so I had never listened to him when I was younger, and then I found him maybe 20 years ago. And I was like, wait, well, how did I miss him? Yeah, I know. I missed him. T- I didn't get him until late <laughs> yeah. recently, too. And, I like that. Uh, how yeah. did I miss him? Chuckle but it's not, even, it's not even just the voice, which, you know, you've got, kind of got that low register voice, too. But it's also the guitar playing. It's, it's the entire song. And mm-hmm. not only that, there was also you, the other song, actually, in a previous album, On My Own. Uh, for yep. the, was it was it was it Boston, Texas? Is that the one? Or no, no, no. Yeah, between, between, between the bars. Between the bars. Yeah, yeah, yep. That was like a little. There's a little Elliot Smith in there too. I don't know if you know Elliot Smith. Is. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. no yeah, totally. yeah. In fact, he had uh, between the bars album. Also. That's right. And as a matter of fact, when I saw it was between the bars, I'm like, oh, I wonder if you did a cover. I thought I was so clever, and then <laughs> I found out afterwards. But no, you know, I, you know Elliot Smith. If yeah. You, yeah. So um, I'm not well. But he's I've a song songs. called Be- uh, "Between the Bars." I guess you would. So, so I thought there was a reference to that, but it's a different reference. Yeah, it was just coincidence though yeah. that I stole it by accident. He was such an influence on me. Whenever Wait, my wife hears he me listening to Elliot Smith, she's, she's like, like oh. "How are you? Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, and did he, he, was did such he die? A, he died. Yeah, he died. He was yeah. such 
a freaking talent. Yep. Such a talent. So what is the story with Boston, Texas? So I'm just curious if it's not a town in Texas, right? Yeah, or, there is a yeah, town so in there Texas. Is a t- there's oh. a tiny little town called Boston, Texas. But oh. So when I was a kid, um, when I was about 10, we moved to Texas. We'd grown up in Boston, and we moved to, to Texas as a family for about a year. When I was down there, briefly, I kind of got hints of, you know, back then there was no rock and roll music down there and there was no country music back here so hmm. you know oh. i would start to hear like willie and waylon and people who i was i was too young to know but i just kind of would hear these influences and then so as i got older and started writing i kind of found that boston music was was what i loved the most but i kept coming back to these kind of texas influences kept kind of pulling on my songwriting like steve earl and and you know towns van zandt and people like that billy joe shaver so the the songs on that first album that boston texas album are really just kind of a mishmash of yeah boston and texas influences. that town is kind of very indicative of, of like the, your whole experience with that the song uh september september's coming soon yep september's coming soon that hour seems to bring me down Telling me to laugh, you know I ain't no goddamn clown. Everybody told me you were looking for my phone. December's coming soon, and that's ours when all the cold comes out. I listened to that in the month of September, which mm-hmm. is what we are in right now we are and i really enjoyed that song because it's one it's my it's my favorite month it's a tough month there's some deaths in our in our my friends and family but there's also mm-hmm. some birthdays and some amazing celebrations too yep so september and it's the start of school and it's just something about the like just coming the new back kind of yep. yeah, yeah yeah and actually i'm jewish so it's like you know rosh hashanah is the new year okay september and october yep and you celebrate the new year for that i feel like i'm a pretty normal person like like i'm not a depressed person i'm not an an alcoholic i don't have any of these types of issues but i write about those things Mm. september's coming soon to me is just always many people are affected by the summer ending especially here in new england where you just prepare for kind of shutting down you know being stuck in the in, in indoors for a few months and I, I think it's a rebirth I, I like the weather too yep I don't think a summer is that great I mean I, I think it's sometimes too hot you know like Chuck don't you like like that make it start making that fire if I go on vacation in the summer even if it's like for three days in like June I'm done I'm done with summer I'm ready yeah. for fall so yeah, yeah fall's fall guy, the beginning right? of the don't year you love me. the smell of like uh yeah the smell of the wood burning and and uh, you wrote a song about that Bring on, Bring the, on winter, the winter, right? I did, yes. Yeah, so that he, went not only pa- he went past September, and yeah. he wrote a song about Bring on the Winter. So you want it. I mean, I like the winter, but that was just really kind of, I was looking for something that rhymed with <laughs> splinter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah. not true. That's uh, not true. I just, sorry I just made sorry that to bring up. up the weather, but you know, I, I just like that freaking song. When you got back into playing music, did you get back into playing solo and doing acoustic guitar and not getting back into a band for a specific reason? Was it literally just... Well, it's just going to be easier to play by my... That's what I did. I mean, it was easier for me to play by myself, yeah. pick up an acoustic guitar, than try and get a band back together with two small kids, right? Yeah, almost all of them I play solo. And I, if I had a bunch of guys that I was friends with that could just, at the drop of a hat, play for next to nothing and just show up and be awesome, I would do that. I just don't, you know? And so, I, I mean, I, I live on the South Shore. My drummer lives in Manchester, New Hampshire. Oh, jeez. You know, so it's like, it's even we're, we're lucky us. to have a rehearsal before we play a gig. And um, 
I like to travel and obviously traveling on the road when you know you're probably going to lose money anyway. Yeah. To, to bring a band just ensures that you're not only going to lose money, but that you're going to be very uncomfortable probably on the road. Yeah, you know, right. Like I, yeah. But getting back into, um, or even starting for the first time, being a solo artist, yep. what was the most challenging thing for you? Because I started doing it myself. It was a learning experience trying yeah. to figure out where my strengths were, yep. what I needed to improve on, and plus, my voice and playing has changed since I was a kid. I mean, especially my voice. I don't have the higher range that I had no. when I was younger, but I was a big smoker when I was younger, mm -hmm. and I don't smoke. So, like, I was just down in Nashville last week, and I did, like, four nights in a row, by that fourth night, I feel a little pull on my voice, mm. but I feel like almost every time now, I can go out and I'm going to give the same level of performance every time. So it's control, too. Like, I've always been a piano player, mostly, and, mm -hmm. and it's like, I'm not going to lug around a piano and, right. and do a solo thing, but I've always envied someone with a, you know, a good command of their guitar, mm -hmm. that they match their vocal to the chord, the rhythm, they're reading off the audience and uh that's the biggest thing showing up and playing gigs and not knowing exactly what the audience is going to be especially like i open up for a lot of national acts where i joke all the time when i do that that i'm like there to just be like a good appetizer right you know like i'm if i'm a quality like clam chowder or buffalo wings to them then great because right. they're not there to see me they're there <laughs> to have steak sometimes i'll come out and just based on the audience i can feel like you know i can do the kind of the listening room tender sad songs thing or they want more of an upbeat kind warm them of up thing. Yeah. yeah warm up the evening the ability to kind of just be solo and change on like i don't write set lists i just will go out there and transition if i think yeah. i need to you know well do so. you find that like there's a part of you that feels that if someone's getting filled up on their clam chowder they're gonna taste it it's gonna be good but if they if they find that they're like they don't need as much steak Mm -hmm. because they've filled up on the clam chowder. That's a goal of yours? This is right up Ron's alley, this whole food analogy. Yeah. He does this it all does? the time. Yes, with the ingredients and the recipe. You're all, the you, same you, shit. You do all that. I think the that. fact that Matt came up with that analogy. I'm just saying, it's right up your alley. That's, that's why all we're I'm both saying. sitting on the couch Don't, you don't have to get defensive or anything. No, no. I, I'm not. <laughs> Am I? I'm never unsure, I just keep moving I've never been poor, I just keep losing I've never done well by myself So I gotta find me a brand new room I've never done well You had Carissa Johnson on here at one point, right? We did, yeah. yeah, yeah. She rocks, and, man. Yeah, she's insane. So we did the Rumble together a few years ago, and we had played a few gigs together. Um, that was when she won the, a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I was in, I, I, my band was in it that year. Yeah. Um, so I did the Rumble in 2000. I did it in 2017. And what oh, was wow. really crazy, and, and, and Jed Gottlieb actually wrote this article with me and two or three others that had had this giant gap in, yeah, in, yeah. in time. Yeah. What was crazy to me is when I think back, I was probably 20 early 20s when I did it back then the entire club was not only packed but it was packed with people in their early 20s oh yeah when I played it 
two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was they my aged, age. They aged with you. Yeah. Right. There's no twenty, like none. Yeah. You know, yeah. and mm-hmm. and even Carissa, who is that age, yeah. her fans aren't. You know, I mean, she has yeah. some, but that's they're telling. That's interesting. Yeah, there are people that love that Boston punk music that see. Oh yeah, she she's doing what we love. But it's not like, you know, a club full of 22-year-olds, mm. you know? You're excited about your um, CD release. I am. And this came out just, what, August 4th, right? It's just recently? Yeah, it was August just, 10th, yeah, maybe? it went up on Spotify, I think, right around the time. I wasn't sure what I was going to do for an actual release, and then yeah. it just kind of fell in place to do The Lizard. Okay. So, Who's opening for you? Uh, so we're actually starting the night because all of my friends are so old that I was like, put us on early because uh, okay. the band Old Jack does, they do a residency the last Saturday of every month. So you're opening for them. So they, in, yeah, they're playing in, in the middle slot and then a band called The I Want You are headlining. Oh, The I so, Want You. I love yeah. those guys. Yeah, um, so I'm actually. Uh, that's that. good. So that's cool. Yeah, that's um, great. I so can't I, go. I'm going to be my high school 30th reunion. You allowed what back? What's that? Yes, I am allowed. Huh. But um, right, are you going to have your CDs out and like an actual CD release, I physical artifact? I will give you a physical copy and, of a CD. And, and then do you do you have like uh, downloads and stuff like that, or how does yeah. that work? Yeah, so I usually are you new to this music business, Ron? <laughs> no, I'm wondering what Matt is going to uh, okay. do. What I usually do is yes. so I sell T-shirts and then I'll give a download card or I'll give a CD and I'll give a download card with it. Uh, okay. Huh. So I sell more T-shirts than CDs. Do you ever do vinyl? I just don't have enough people that care about me <laughs> to, to make it. I can't justify the upfront cost. You know, we have an album that we're waiting to get out yep. before we're dead. And I've won, even if I do like 100 pressings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just oh, you're thinking you want to do vinyl? Well, just like 100 just pressings. So you I mean, it. It'll be expensive, but it'll just be something to have. I'm never going to put an album out like a LP. So why don't we do that? We should. All right, so back to Matt. So, so can I just, <laughs> yeah. one vinyl thing? Yeah. So I was, uh, not this last time, but one of the times I was down in Nashville, I went into Jack White's thing that he's got that, that, that little uh, like phone booth where you can record in, and then it automatically produces a vinyl. Right, a oh. little teeny vinyl. Yeah, Neil Young made an album uh, that way and stuff. He like, like a little teeny vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. within so, like an hour. Like no, like within five minutes. Like it what? just makes it. It presses it. Is it, it a seventy? Is it thirty three and a half? Three thirty thirty three. No, it's like a it's like a forty forty five. It's not a forty five, but it's, it's seventy seventy eight. I don't even know what it is. It's a sixty two. It well, it's got to be either 45, 78, or a 33. So I will send you, I will text well, you. Who so cares what it went is? On, uh, because you got to play it on your record player. Well, but it's actually, it's a, just, it's a record. Yeah. But so, you want to be able to listen to it. So that, so I haven't been able to figure out how to listen to it on my record player, but I have friends who have been able to <laughs> no, listen to it. No, that is funny. No one can listen yeah, to no it. One but that's, it. it's got to be one of those three. He wouldn't just make up a, a speed. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I just don't remember. Yeah. But um, well, what he a actually, cool idea. Neil Young and, very cool. um, and Jack White went on, I think Jimmy Fallon or Kimmel. And uh, they brought the the machine on there. Oh really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, they, gotta I bet it. it was Fallon because uh, that's a Fallon thing. He yeah, I'll send it. you the link to it. I, yeah, I, right. I, I've watched it, but um, and you have like two minutes and twenty seconds, and then the machine shuts off. Like, so there's only but there's only one side to it. Yep, that's so cool. Matt, thank you for doing this. Yeah, I appreciate you your patience me. with us. And no. you, will you play us a couple songs? I would be happy to do that. All right, that. cool. Hold I'm on a second. For a second. Yeah, take your time. So, what do you tell us? Tell us what you're playing. Uh, this song is called uh, I've Got Nothing. I don't know where I 
crickets in the background. It's a nice, it's a nice background music there. The crickets? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this next song is called Permanent Crush. All right. Yeah, you know it's true, I'm probably never gonna find myself a girl who loves me just the way you do. Through all the tears and all the pain and all the broken hearted moments, you're the one who always pulls me through. Lately things have been a-changing and it seems like maybe some bad times are would like to thank Matt for his support of ATB over the years and for sitting with us. You can check out Matt's music and get his latest album at mattyorkmusic.com. You should also check out the great food at Adelita's in West Concord, Massachusetts. Adelita is an organic and authentic Mexican restaurant brought to you from the team behind Woods Hill Table. Much like their sister restaurant, Adelita is pasture to plate, serving only grass-fed and organic meats from their own farm, the farm at Woods Hill. For more information and for reservations, go to AdelitaConcord.com. And one last plug for you to vote for ATB Podcast of the Year at the Boston Music Awards. Please go to bostonmusicawards.com forward slash vote and make your voice heard. Thank you very much. Finally, please go to AboveTheBasement.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, listen and subscribe to our podcast, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and look at all the nice pictures we post on Instagram. We are everywhere. On behalf of Ronnie and myself, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. And remember, Boston music, like its history, is unique. <laughs>